1: Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the podcast, What Most People Think. My name is Jeff Norcott, and we, what a guest we've got for you today. We've got the one and only Catherine Ryan. So first up, thank you so much to Catherine for, for coming on the show. She's so busy, but she's, she's a really good friend to me, and we had a really uh, fun chat. So if you are a Catherine fan that's come to this podcast... Thanks so much for coming. I've got to do a quick recap on a couple of things that regular listeners might want an update on. But if you're just here for Catherine, scroll forward to like, I don't know, maybe seven or ten minutes and pick up on the chat. And uh, again, if you are a Catherine fan, I probably spoke too much is the bottom line, like a typical bloke. But we had a really fun chat. Uh, We spoke about men and women. We spoke about uh, sensitivities in comedy. We even spoke about the idea of a 1970s uh, day at work I really enjoyed the chat and uh, I hope you do too I have had a weird I've had a weird week myself man I've had a weird week I mean part of my excuse for the reason or why I spoke so much was I was I was full of adrenaline because I did the podcast with Calf and shortly after all this crap blew up about the BBC diversity panel so if you didn't see it basically I'm naive I'm really naive I was rung by a bloke from the BBC that said to me Jeff we're having this panel and part of the discussion is going to be about working class representation at the BBC. And I was like, "Yeah, it sounds like a laugh." I'm in London. I'll come down. I'll say a few words. And being as dumb as I am, I didn't think for one second that it would blow up. And then uh, on uh, Wednesday morning, I sort of woke up. I had a few text messages saying, "What? You're the you're the representative of all white people now?" That's that is not a great first text message of the day. I'll be honest. And the Guardian had done an article. Completely got the wrong end of the stick saying, oh, he's there as a, a white Tory, Brexit, anything, football fan, anything other than the reason that I was there. Uh, and then there was a bit of a Twitter storm. And it, in a way, in a weird way, it sort of underlined the point for me why this conversation about working class representation needs to happen. Because all, all the Guardian had was a um, a press conference saying that Jeff Norcott comedian is going to be on it. And they reached in. And they found all these sort of reasons. And in, and in a short turn of events for The Guardian, they they put two and two together and come up with 48. But anyway, so it's not that big a deal. It's not a job. I'm not getting paid for it. I'm just going to say a few words and try and be a voice uh, for people like myself that, you know, lived on, you know, in council residences and stuff and, and, and how it feels going to the BBC, um, which I did call the first few times I went up the BBC, because it is obviously dominated by middle-class types. I did call it Jemima Towers. I did call it that. I'm not you know I'm not <laughs> cuz that I felt like there was a lot of Pashminas there there was a lot of Jemimas, but you know fair play to them they're reaching out and and we're going to have this dialogue and I'm only going to meet with them like three times over the space of 2 years so so apologies to anybody that's been in contact thinking I can now get them a job uh, at the BBC or I've got any sort of power whatsoever there have been i did get obviously mainly to be fair from people on left and right i got a lot of support they didn't like the way that the guardian had sort of framed it and to to a lesser extent the telegraph so people were were pretty nice but i did you know there's some people that haven't heard of me and quite just disgusted that you know that there could possibly be a comedian that's not woke you know and and not left of center but i think the worst Thing that happened, and I can take all that. You know what I mean? It, it go, it go. I'll be honest. Insults go with the territory. And the truth is, if there's no one thinking I'm a prick, then I'm probably not doing my job properly, right? But one of the the insults I got was a message on my uh, my Facebook public page, right, where I think the bloke thought that he couldn't, like, I couldn't see his profile, it, but it did appear, and I looked into it. He basically said, "You are a despicable, awful human being," right? And then so I, I looked at his profile and he, he works at the church. He's a lay preacher. I thought, and this was at the end of a really shitty day. I thought, man, even God hates me. um So this guy, and then I thought about messaging the guy back and stuff, and then I thought it, it might make him stressed. And do you know what I mean? He might just take it out on the choir, boys. <laughs> Boo! I said it. Look, he shouldn't have been mean to me. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been a weird uh, week on that level. Um, I've got to be honest, you know, in, in respects of the left, you know, a lot of people find it weird a, a white bloke being on a diversity panel. I think, you know, that I'm there to talk about class. I think that's legitimate. However, when I got to security uh, at the BBC, uh, and there was a black fella there. Uh, and I was just checking in. He said to me, "What's your name?" I said, "Jeff Norcott." He said, "Why are you here?" I went, "I'm on the diversity panel." And he sort of looked at me, and I looked at him. I went, "Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, yep, yep. That was a weird thing to hear. But this is the weird, confused world of uh, identity politics that we're all living in in 2019. You know, it is a strange time. So, um, so yeah, and you we, were saying. Sorry, my Siri just... Uh, see, I'm even getting heckled by Siri now. This is what happens when you're on a BBC diversity panel. Everybody everybody wants a piece. But yeah, other than that, I'd had a, I'd had a good week, good couple of weeks. I did, um, I did the Scottish panel show Breaking the News. I, I wanted to call it Jock of the Week, but I was advised that that might be a bit... Uh, not the best way to... best footing to get off with a, a Scottish crowd. But it's such a great show. If you haven't watched Breaking the Week, right, uh, it's a radio show and a TV show... And, and it's really buzzy, man And Des, who hosts it, is is wicked And there's loads of brilliant Scottish comics on it And I had a lot of fun doing that But there is this one round, right Where they sort of play in uh, some members of the Scottish public Talking uh, about a story And you have to decipher what the story is And um, I couldn't uh, And so I was listening to this, this sound clip Of someone going And it sounded a bit like you A cross between Groundskeeper Willie and CU Jimmy, right to me, as the ignorant English bloke up in Scotland, and there was this pause afterwards where they said, Jeff, what was all what do you think that was <laughs> what do you think was being said then? I was thinking I haven't got a fucking clue, you know? But uh, but luckily the audience in Falkirk kind of, I think some of them didn't understand it. Uh, either so um that was uh, a lot of fun and listen I, w- I want to get char- started with the chat with Kath now uh, we did have a few issues with the sound because again I said my head was up my arse and stuff so I didn't set up the microphone properly we tried to uh, re rebalance that and stuff and uh, listen I'll be back briefly just to hype my Edinburgh run but this is going to be all about now uh, my chat with the the incredible Catherine Ryan So today on the podcast, I've got Catherine Ryan, my friend, my mentor, who's always been nice to me and has agreed to come on the podcast, take time out of a busy schedule. And are you all right this morning? I was going to yeah. say,
0: pause before you said friend, my yeah. friend, I would describe you as one of my best friends. Yeah. And I think we mentor each other.
1: I'd like to And think we're that. an
0: unlikely partnership. A lot of people think
1: we're well, yeah. Well, yeah, well, I think more from your point, of view people think, like, no. what, that guy? Yeah, but you've always been... I think that's one of the things about, like, a genuine liberal, in a way, is that, that you vehemently sort of see politics the other way from me, but you don't see that as a... Or you've never seen that as a reason for excluding me or other people in your life.
0: Of course not, but I think I'm a lot more centrist... Yes. ...than I first, you know, yeah. imagined. And overall even if I thought that you
1: were a Tory monster yeah. I think you write good jokes <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of democracy the podcast is what's called, it's called what most people think right so it's about this idea that I, I suppose out there there is this fear that, or this feeling that some people have that comedy like represents a, a world view that's actually not that common some of our preoccupations and, and issues around uh, sort of identity politics aren't, it's not that they disagree but they're not even having that dialogue mm. right so I suppose the thing I was going to ask you is like, what is the most like normal thing about you like would you would you see cuz i suppose british people can't often tell like with north american people whether you're working class and particularly with canadians yeah. would you is that your sort of roots back in canada
0: so we definitely do not in canada have as defined classes yeah. we do not we wouldn't say working class middle class i've heard the term middle class maybe in canada but we yeah. definitely we don't have that antiquated Upper class families with all these properties and names and titles. We don't have any. Of that.
1: Consequently, your historical drama is just absolutely rubbish. <laughs> like, there's nothing there.
0: No, there's nothing at all.
1: Hey, I mean, look at this guy. Here. He had a slightly bigger. What would, this what would the Canadian equivalent of Downton Abbey be?
0: Maybe, like, early cod fishermen. <laughs> we had a lot of, like, Methodist preachers who would just go around cultural yeah. genocide of the indigenous population, I suppose. That
1: sounds like... Uh, but, I
0: mean, we were British. That was you Did
1: you guys. do genocide as well? No.
0: My no. family did
1: not. No, I didn't mean not you, you uh, personally. Like the Ryans were just out there slaying. Well,
0: I was Irish, yeah. so mm. we, I think on my Irish side were probably enslaved by the British people yeah. and then they went over to Canada and did whatever they did like when they weren't killing indigenous people they were certainly uh, putting their children into white schools and erasing their culture so like right. there's that in Canada but I don't think
1: anything... so we do do a bit of that don't we like even yeah. if even if you're one of these people that has like a benevolent view of the empire one of, one of the weirdest things is is just renaming stuff like it's so blunt isn't it I think in 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 uh, in Northern Ireland, the, it's just London Dairy. There's just like, because like, if you're going to rename a place, just kind of like, just call it like, like just something completely okay. different, but just to go, Dairy, call it, that's like, a, that's, that's like a baller move, isn't it, to get in someone's face, going, we're going to put London on the beginning of it. Of oh, Dairy. In fact, everywhere here will now have London... What's your name? David, London David.
0: London David. I like it. London is a city 45 minutes away from where I grew up. It was like the big city. London, Ontario in Canada.
1: Of course, we've exported our place names abroad love, as well.
0: Love London. They've got
1: Birmingham in Alabama as well. Oh, yeah.
0: They've also got... Uh,
1: Similar IQ levels. Durham. As I... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna um, kind of discuss that, like, because obviously you you've got a fan base like you've got an, I think you've got a unique fan base of, 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 of scope in terms of you've got a lot of young like uh, uh, women that follow you and and look up to you but also you're like you're also like unoffendable like one of the most unoffendable people I've, I've ever met so I was thinking like when you do shows like um, like Your Face or Mine and Roast Battle which I I just love because I think that they give the people that are on them and the people that are watching them, a lot of credit for being grown ups. There is sometimes kickbacks on those shows in terms of like the, the way that humor has got to. And yes. is that sometimes like a, a, a tension between you and the fan base?
0: I mean, no, I, I really don't mind. I think my mom used to say, if we all like the same thing, we'd all be married to your father. I'd <laughs> love that. Mom I
1: do mom. fancy your dad. Actually. <laughs> yeah. It's so hot.
0: Well, yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't expect everyone to agree yeah. with me or like what I'm doing. And you and I have worked on your face of mine together behind the scenes, and it can be a roast mm. format show, but those are all just devices. So we'll do things that seem outwardly really evil, like compare your girlfriend mm. to other women, compare your boyfriend to your ex-boyfriend, and we just ask who's better looking. We put celebrities up against them, who's better looking? That on the surface... Is shallow and disgusting. But it's just a device to disarm the guests so that we can actually just conduct an interview and find out what the guests are like and to show that the more they speak, the more attractive or less attractive they become because it isn't
1: what's on the outside, it's
0: what's on the inside. So it's actually a beautiful show.
1: I love it. I mean, I think that yeah. it is, it's one of those ones. That even like you said, I worked on it. Even though uh, you're a friend and you're on it, me and Emma watch that. Me and my wife watch that because I tell you, at eight p.m., at eight p.m., there's nothing better than. And this is the thing again. Maybe it comes back to the the angle of the, the podcast. What most people think is that, as much as progressive as we might like to think mm-hmm. we are, looks are a massive issue. We're doing it all the time. And the only difference is that show. It's sort of like it, it, it's open about it, in a way.
0: It is. There's a, a, a meta-narrative to that show, I think. And so you can just have some relaxing fun rating the guests at home. You're like, who's better looking? It. And then we're in the sixth series now, and the show is gaining momentum all the time and some celebrities have tweeted a clip and been like, this is disgusting. A girl from the reality show, Jordy Shore, yeah. tweeted a clip being like, how can this be in existence? This is such a disgusting show. It's like these girls on Jordy Shore, by the way, yeah. love Jordy Shore. Yeah,
1: yeah, on big reality fans as well.
0: They were manipulated by producers to get wasted and have sex on camera um, when they were 18 years old. And they've all had a dangerous amount of plastic surgery. This is coming from me. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I don't know. Some people don't like it. And uh, they'll tell on me. They'll I mean, at Jamila Jamil and be like, at Jamila Jamil. Because uh, she's very, uh, yeah. she's an advocate for body positivity. They'll tell on me and be like, Catherine's participating in this show. But I think it's all about
1: confidence. I mean, what are these people? Like, didn't I didn't they're fucking prefect, aren't they? Yeah. The acting. If you've ever added someone, right, mm. a celebrity to get someone else in trouble, you are an adult <laughs> prefect, hall monitor little bitch, basically. And
0: Jamila and I are friends. Yeah. And I think it's all about context. So the fact that you see me working on that show, mm. maybe watch it and see that. Because
1: I think it gives the, it's a high status situation for the guests, isn't it? They're in a situation that you'd normally see celebrities being interviewed in. Mm. You know what I mean? Unlike you and if you're a woman on that show, unlike Geordie Shore... You're you're not lying down as well. You're actually sitting up. Right. You know, (laughs) sitting up is a good start when you're up. You might even get to stand up at some point and you're sober. And your clothes are on. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to go to clinics afterwards. You can go.
0: We recommend that you go. I mean, yeah.
1: What stuff comes up. My dressing room. Yeah. Well, I've seen that. I've seen that. You and Jimmy, you know, you have a way that you get in the right headspace for the show. Yeah, I don't know if it's breaking the confidence, but but the, the the meetings before those those shows are the funniest things I've ever been involved in in comedy. I mean, if
0: anybody breaks rank and goes yeah. to the papers about those meetings, we're all going down.
1: <laughs> and what people, anyone listening, has got to understand is like there is a rule perhaps about the writers' room that. The, the, just, just you say the worst stuff, yeah. right? Because you, you think that you're around people who write comedy. Everyone should be able to take it, but you know, I don't know, Kathy, but You know, there is... might be some little snowflakey whistleblower in one of those rooms at some point. It might be you. In tenure it might be you. You're yeah. doing this
0: Jeff Norcott <laughs> character who votes conservative, but I think nuance is uh, is a terrible moment for nuance. Yes, nobody yes. gets yeah. it anymore. Yeah. Everything's black and white, and people just. Flip right out like to think that I'm not an ally there have been people who've said I'll say something about Caitlyn Jenner Mm. who I think is garbage that doesn't mean I don't believe trans women should have rights Mm. I specifically dislike Caitlyn Jenner because she's gone against Chris Jenner who is my hero it's a whole isn't that like a
1: mark of respect to just go for somebody in the same way that you would like I did some material about Diane Abbott and I sort of went through the process of like knowing that she gets a lot of stick but then thinking like should the fact that like horrific racists exist stop me from extending? I mean, this is someone who's you know shadow home secretary, so yeah, yeah. who who is pushing for one of the highest states of office. Should I exclude her from the normal political sat- satirical narrative? Um, which sort of brings me on to to, to, to roast battle in a way. Which I, again, I I was just so like a lot of the shows I think that are doing well and have done well. One your. Normally in them, right? A lot <laughs> and of them, so spread
0: my cards out. But, but, like,
1: getting recommissioned. I mean, how many shows oh, get yeah. getting good audiences? But with Roast Battle, is it's, it's again, that thing of giving people credit that, that you know, given the right tone and context, you can say more or less anything.
0: Again, the nuance of Roast Battle is there are jokes about gender, j- jokes yeah. about weight, jokes about race, jokes about everything. But we say the jokes that are unsayable. Yeah. You know, uh... Who was it? Daniel Sloss and Phil Wang. One of my favorite roasts. Daniel Sloss isn't using like Asian racial slurs in his tour, hmm. but he says to Phil Wang like, uh, "There's a I, I roast you, and then I want to roast you again twenty minutes later." Loads of references to like Chinese menus, and there's a there's a Phil Wang. I was Wang gonna say heart like heart. I was
1: gonna say like for reference Phil Wang. Uh, it looks Southeast Asian, but I, I think the surname Wang was probably most people would have got that, right? Yeah. They're just not going to think he grew up in Deptford. You know, well, right? no. He might have, though, guys. You know, there's absolutely no reason why. This is what happens now these days. You I feel know. like you've got to cover. I think and, his mum is yeah. English. She is she? Yes. She's a, she's a Wang. The Wangs come from wang is Shropshire. Dad.
0: I think dad's Malaysian. <laughs> the Wangs of Shropshire. The Malaysian Shropshire Wangs. So I don't know.
1: Sorry, just chipping in here, just briefly, and this is the only interruption I'll do. Just to hype something, I've released tickets. I'm going to be doing the Edinburgh Fringe this August. I'm going to be doing... Uh... <laughs> I forgot to check the... I'll be doing a work in progress run at the Underbelly from the 12th to the 25th of August. So what this is basically is I'm doing the tour in the autumn, but this is the last bit where I'm getting stuff together. It will be pretty good. I hope it will be quite far advanced, but basically I'm charging less money, which means you lot can't moan if every once in a while I have to look at a notepad, right? Does that seem fair? So obviously there's this tour still on sale in the autumn, but if you're going to be at the Edinburgh Fringe in August, tickets are now on sale for that. And also, because I've had a little bit of exposure, people have been downrating all my videos and my iTunes and trashing me. So, if you get a minute, just give us a little big up on one of those. Anyway, enough of my shameless self promotion. Let's get back to the chat with Catherine Ryan. I was saying on stage the other day though the problem is like so I, I do talk a lot about like gender and stuff like that I love talking about men and wi- women, women stuff because the truth is it's like it's almost like when you, you do an impression it's a form of flattery it means mm. I just spend a hell of a lot of time thinking about women and being fascinated by women it does lead to um, <laughs> that sounded pervy it didn't mean I, to uh, yeah. I'm
0: fascinated by women too don't
1: yeah, I yeah they're just, they're, they're just because it's like same species different thing right yeah. it's so close and yet so fundamentally different to me in many ways and, and I, you know, I, I find that you've got to generalise a little bit.
0: I don't think any subject, including women or women in your life, should be off-limits. It's just the way that it's handled.
1: Mm.
0: I, I think when women were getting offended is back when... There were no jokes really about us. It was just this hatred of us mixed into yeah, all the time, yeah, yeah, there's a time, There's a comedian... It, I think you should go for it. It depends on how it's uh, managed. Patrice O'Neill dearly departed patricia yeah. i love
1: and the way
0: he talks about women uh seems out, at first yeah. outwardly offensive but it's so intricate and yeah. he is saying that he should have a side chick and that this bothers him about his woman and his woman is annoyed that his ex-girlfriend has yeah. left boots in the house but she's got a daughter so she's got another man's cum walking around the house you know it's <laughs> yeah, so yeah, funny yeah. And um, he he's so,
1: charming, though. He's, he's so charming. so charming. Yeah.
0: And you can tell after listening to him for a few minutes, if you just walked into that club and yeah. he was saying something about a, a woman's body or whatever, you might be momentarily offended. But if you listen to him, he's very equal opportunity. I love when he speaks to women in the audience and he'll call them like... Motherfucker, he'll be
1: like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know
0: this motherfucker. It's a like, different kind
1: equality. of e- e- equality, <laughs> isn't yeah. it? He, I mean, if you haven't, like, if you're listening, you haven't checked out Patrice o- O'Neill Definitely dive into that rabbit hole, stay there a while, and and also don't just watch his comedy. There's a f- some of the radio interviews that he does where he's just talking candidly or as funny as anything he did mm-hmm. on stage. He had like he had that routine that he did about how like, it, which a perfect example of what you're talking about is is how like women care about you. Like, a woman's love is so pure, so pure. It's just, like he said like she she even gives a shit about your health right no. and he says like she's going did you get that doctor's appointment on, on Wednesday and stuff like you know, and then he says, uh, he says men don't get about women's health he's like yeah I don't, I don't get it. he says something get on my face you sick bitch right yeah. and it's just so cruel right yeah. to the point where just because and that's what's so interesting about stand up is all the time you're calibrating not just what people are saying but the way they're saying it and what you really think about them it's such an instinctive it's such an instinctive thing and he, he's one of the very best.
0: And I want you to talk about women. I'm interested to know the point of view. I want to know what you think about well, women, what Patrice O'Neill thinks about women. I
1: like it. I think that, so there's a thing that comes up, like, and this increasingly comes up with blokes that I talk to, is, is that women, um, like, obviously men come with sort of stereotypical thoughts. Women, women don't say sorry. They don't. Like, when, they, when they're wrong. And they're not, I'm not saying they should say sorry when they're not wrong. It is really hard to win an argument. And I'm not talking about maybe in public life slightly different, but I, I always think that the private is, or the personal life, is, it's weird that it's not held as important, right? Because we spend a hell of a lot of time yeah. in our houses and with the women in our family. And I've only ever known a female power in those contexts, right? And, and equally, just, just getting an apology out of a woman when, when they've done something wrong is, is a hard...
0: Really? Yeah, there was,
1: there's been surveys on this as well. Like, if you ask like men what their biggest gripes with women are, right? So the top five that, that women have for men are mainly domestic, leaves the seat up. You know what I mean? Just yeah. kind of just annoys me. I want him to, you know, I just want him to die and stuff yeah, like just yeah. general annoyances. With well, the ones with men are really specific, are that women never say sorry and women rarely initiate sex, like countless times.
0: Really?
1: Yeah, those are the main gripes.
0: Maybe because for us to say sorry. Uh, we're paying attention to every facet of the issue and unless we're sorry for all of it maybe we won't say sorry I would rather someone not say sorry than I think I've had men in my life who don't even understand what they've done wrong they just say sorry to end it and they're not sorry
1: yeah there's ways of saying sorry aren't they? if like I'm sorry that's not (laughs) that is not a sorry
0: sorry
1: I'm I'm sorry and then like you you, you kind of go through like the musical scale of sorries I'm sorry and then say like I'm genuinely sorry like, like the point where I think she's going to leave me. You know? Aww. On an emotional level. I think also the other thing is that, that um, women are more emotionally intelligent, right? Now, whether that comes from socialization, nurture, nature, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. We are where we are, and that is the case as I see it. I think that some of them are like bullies with it. Like, they're, they're bullies because they're better at it.
0: I think you have, uh, and I love the women in your life, but I think yeah. you have a specific breed of like very of strong, strong yeah, yeah, yeah. women in your life.
1: My, yeah, my mum was my mum was particularly like that. But I just think that they've got more in their artillery, right? Yeah. So when it goes down in an argument context, they're almost like cracking their neck muscles, going, "All oh, right, it's on, is it? Like, like he's, he fancies this piece of this." and they spent so long being right, right? Because women are normally right. That's the key thing I should say here. I sound like an asskisser, but it's true. Women are usually right. But the thing is, when it comes to a point where they're not right, they've spent so long being right, they're like, well, I'm never not right. I'm I'm the right person. You're the wrong person here. You don't get to be right.
0: Does the sorry count, (laughs) like, a few days later? The sorry just never comes. See, the Mm. only... I have just some wisdom about men, and I'm I'm not great with men, but I... Think uh, you're meant to in a restaurant always seat them where they can see the exit I've heard that okay. and that seems yeah, to yeah. Be true men are happy in that seat
1: well like, if you were if in bed men men will prefer to sleep in the bed uh, side of the bed nearest the door fine Yeah.
0: men always want to be close to the exit got
1: it no 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 to protect
0: oh to okay <laughs> and
1: here it ladies and gentlemen is <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yeah. they're s- more simple I think that women probably interact with men as though the men yeah. are also women And they don't want to be interacted with that way. I have heard that to keep a man happy, you have to do just two things, feed him and fuck him. And that is it. Yeah. And it's true that when I am...
1: Pretend to be interested in this bullshit as well.
0: Really? That's one of them? Yeah. I
1: mean, not as important as the other two. Okay. You could like, out of that that holy trinity, I mean, there's probably two you could drop. Let's be honest. (laughs) Well,
0: when I have been annoyed with a man, it's definitely the case For example, when you're feeding a baby, you're so happy that the baby's eating. There's something so fulfilling about watching your baby ingest food. You're like, yes. And then when I'm watching the man that I'm upset with eating, I'm that passionate but upset. Like, oh, he's eating. He's going to live to see another day. (laughs) You know, it's very primal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want the person that I hate to eat. Yeah. in that moment
1: that, see I love it that you're this, this honest and I think this is where you're, with your comedy you're unique you can say this and like, a male audience is still completely with you because we're like here's somebody that's willing to be honest and I think that's, that's funny I don't think I've ever been that angry with, with a woman all I've really been looking for is a resumption of niceness I think that men like women being I think that like women don't necessarily need a bloke to be nice Right, they're not, not. a lot of women aren't even looking specifically I for do. I think it's women like as they, they get a bit more sort of wisdom and stuff maybe it goes more towards that, that end but like, you just want a woman that's nice you want a woman that's nicer than you that seems to be really important Like, and then everyone acknowledges that
0: see that's why I think I put a lot of men off because they see me on TV and they think I'm not nice
1: you're incredibly nice yeah uh,
0: well don't tell the men that because I, could, I like them at a distance <laughs> but, but um Uh, there was a study or some poll where they showed teenage boys pictures of different celebrity women and they said who would you most like to marry and an overwhelming majority chose Kim Kardashian and I forget who some of the other women were but beautiful women like Angelina Jolie was on there Hmm. loads of beautiful women and they asked why and all of the boys it was a resounding like 92% said I think she would be nice to me Yeah, it wasn't like her ass or it was like I think she's nice, she'd be nice
1: or, or, like, they're really emotionally intelligent little boys that have already developed the yeah. diplomacy. They're just seeing tits and arse and going, uh, yeah, I'm nice. That's uh. that, that picture of her with the champagne flute. She looks very nice. Very kind. Yeah, very she bad. looks very kind. I, this is what I wonder, right? Because I'm open to these ideas, but I do think, like, that we're perhaps underestimating the effect of sex on... So gender is always seen as this construct, right? Mm. But I think a lot of it comes from sex, right? So just who we are. So when you look at the linguistic dif- uh, differences. So I was doing a bit of research for a comedy thing yesterday... And, like, the average character length of a Tinder message from a man to a woman, Ooh. right? So from a woman to a man is 122 characters, right? So it's about the average length of a tweet. From a man to a woman it's 12. Oh. So, you know, you think, where does that come from? Is that all to do with us watching adverts about washing up powder or, do you know what I mean, or watching superhero films? Or, or this is what... I wonder if in 15 years they're just going to find this other bit of the brain, yeah. right? And it's going to actually be really depressing where they're just going to go oh, like this stuff is, you can't actually do anything different. This is just who we are, you know?
0: Well, and I do think that, uh, gender can be fluid. Mm. Of course. Oh,
1: of course. I mean, for some people, it
0: you look at toddlers and, yeah, <laughs> most of the time you give the little girl and a little boy a doll
1: mm. and the boy will crash the doll and yeah I might say you met, said, but yeah. he's a very delicate sensitive little boy it's
0: annoying but he's not like
1: bashing the crap out of anything because
0: you want to be woke but then you look at kids I know a boy yeah. and a girl twin and their parents are the most mm. liberal left wing anti-vaxxers as a matter of fact but uh, the and boy's d- a boy and the girl acts like a stereotypical little girl but is it,
1: aren't we just going to do that thing those kind of parents like you remember when there was really strict catholic parents course like and they're like you, you you'll wear I almost did an Irish accent there because that's almost like straighter you'll wear that skirt down to your knees no knees wouldn't be far enough would it It'd be ankles but they but we'll fight those kids were then so you know like those girls would just basically grow up to be like complete sluts but, mm-hmm. <laughs> because because it was so what these kids are going to do if you're like no Callum no you're no action <laughs> man for you no Phoebe no no <laughs> <kids> <laughs> stuff. like the moment they can be that but it comes out in a number of ways. Like, like, you know, we, we know, like, wealthy women, you know, professional women stuff. M- the majority of them that are looking for men will still want a man that's taller than them, right? Mm. And that is so primitive, isn't it? Like, he's just got to be taller than me.
0: Yes, and those are things that I'm noticing and that I'm trying to be careful of uh, in, in my jokes. Like, I think it's completely fine... For a woman to ridicule hmm. penis size, that is hilarious. Oh, yeah. to uh, That is really, really evil, because there's nothing a man can do to no. change that. And I think no, there's that not. causes the check th- there really <laughs> isn't. I'm sorry. Yeah. I've seen your Google search. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. If that were done yeah. to us, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that we've got to stop doing, because...
1: It is. Uh, I mean, I mean, you're talking about someone's genitals. I know. I mean, this is quite. Like, even when I watch Love Island, right? So every series yeah. now in Love Island, you know who the guy with the biggest dick is because they will. Yeah. They will just. They will edit it in such a way, and it's. And, and I suppose the thing is, do you know what? This is really interesting. This leads into one of my letters. Oh. I thought it'd be fun for us to just chat through letters from the listeners. i will sort of precede, um one. It's Robert from Sussex. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why he told me he was from Sussex and I probably shouldn't have said either of the details of his life should
0: have but he's,
1: he's in his first relationship with a girl right and he says and he, he, I, I believe him he says he's got a pretty decent Size penis, I mean,
0: right? why would he email that to you? But, but Jeff, this is, my
1: penis is decent sized. <laughs> this is uh, Robert
0: from Sussex. He did
1: also say for 1999 he can show me how he did it. So what? maybe it's uh, marketing and scam. Yeah. But he said he's in the first proper relationship with a girl, and basically, what she's done is she's to, told all her girlfriends, right? Mm-hmm. And they look at him differently, and he's not happy about it. So this is now this weird thing we have got with a younger man, like my generation of men would be like, Yeah, I like, get t shirts made up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like just make it let's get it trending um, but Robert feels objectified Robert feels violated this mm. is so this is what I think being a woman like now if you're in your early 20s men are going to be so much more complex they would almost be thinking god do you remember when men were just such basic little bitches like we could just <laughs> do you know like the, the, yeah. the sort of fucking feed thing There'll be those would be like the halcyon days the good days when you've got a man going oh uh, yeah I just actually don't feel comfortable with you mentioning you know Oh, is it right? It means he's just got to accept that he has a gift and.
0: No, with status comes responsibility, and
1: I think that if we want
0: equal pay and we want to be treated,
1: I thought you meant status being having a massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I thought
1: a weird sort of superhero film. (laughs) Yeah.
0: No, I think if we want all these things, um, then of course. It comes from the punching up, punching down thing. I think if we're we're always victimized and um, oppressed, Mm. then we're always uh, men have status. But if we want equal status, we do have to treat men respectfully in that department. However, the real, uh, I think, villain in this story is whatever friend... Let mm. Robert know that uh, his penis yeah. was being
1: spoken about because yeah, well he sort of code. insinuated it was it was the way that they looked at him and stuff and like he he hasn't got anything specific but it was just. Insinuations and stuff, or maybe you know, maybe they're making him dance on the table and stuff. Maybe like. they're making him dance on the table.
0: Well, I'm coming to Sussex, yeah, you give a postcode.
1: Yeah, it's always thinking when a bloke tells you that, you're always intrigued. You go, like, I should write back, and go, Robert, thank you for We would like a photo as well because I need you, some context.
0: You know, that I've showed you mm. photos of men and things, like, I definitely tell you probably too much. I will always do that, and uh, I don't yeah. want to be, I will. Privately objectify anyone in the company of my close personal friends.
1: I think, see, I think, and this is where I'm on the women's side of thing is like that's such an important bonding thing from women. It's like you just got to be realistic. I don't think that's ever going to go away. Yeah. It's like that's a way that women, like, we're friends, we're trusted, and they'll, t- you know, we'll tell them that. Yeah, you're also, like, I'll be honest, Robert, mate, I'm going to say man up here. Because yeah, it <laughs> because be worse, it could be a lot worse in terms of the things that, that women will tell you bad. and you, you I think maybe this is a bit of false modesty. And I did look, I'm now being mean about Robert, but there's one of the things about this podcast I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna baby people here if I decide that Robert. Is yeah. actually being a little bitch here. <laughs> then that that is the uh, that is the that's the conclusion. Robert, uh, it's
0: big old dick and no balls.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe that's his thing. He's got tiny balls, and he's he's worried that that's also been thrown into the mix.
0: <laughs> or Robert. I know. He's reached out for help, and I it's know. just so much worse now. But
1: it. you know, this is not a, a safe space, lads. I but did you say know what, that, Robert, yeah.
0: you are right. I mean, fundamentally, you're right. But we just don't care because. We think that your girlfriend should have a right to bond with her friends. This That's is this body. is
1: perfect. What most people think, territory. Yeah. This just being honest about the truth of life. Yeah. yeah, it might not be fair, but it is what it is. G- Gareth, Gareth, thirty-three. I've sort of praised this one because it was quite a long email. Um, he's thirty-three. He describes himself as as quite sort of woke. Uh, he's. Uh, was listening to my podcast as well so she's yeah. getting outside the echo chamber and um, one year into a relationship right he said she doesn't initiate sex much right what mm-hmm. we talked about earlier but given the current climate he doesn't really know how to go about discussing this because he's he's so woke that he's worried about <gasps> pressure and issues of oh. this I'm I'll be honest I'm so glad I'm out of the game like in that respect yes yes do you know because that I I don't know that's yeah. my advice is fuck those it may
0: <laughs> well, I think if uh, he's been in the relationship yeah. for a year, I think that removes any sort of mm. creepy Me Too scenario.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like the first thing to say is you're right. It's not in that world, Gareth. I think you're confusing two. Well, no, I here. understand.
0: I think Gareth uh, is mm. the voice of most people in this case. I was just meeting a man last night at a job who, because I'm Canadian, we don't kiss on the cheek. And mm-hmm. then I always kind of stumble when I meet people because I don't know if it's two kisses, three kisses. Yeah. We sort of either hug in a weird like ice hockey fashion or mm-hmm. shake hands. And I, it was a weird hello. And I went, oh, uh, and I shook his hand and I said, oh, that was weird. I, I never know how many kisses it is. And then he said, well, yeah, you know, uh, I don't even kiss anyone at all because I don't want to be mean too now. And like yeah. men are on the back foot with this. The good men who aren't mm-hmm. rapists. They don't really understand. I think a lot of them where the line is and what's appropriate. And they are, I think, a fear has been whipped up that there are all these women all around mm. falsely accusing. Everybody. Yeah, yeah,
1: no, absolutely. Yeah. And
0: I don't think that's the case.
1: I wonder if, like, like, if you, if you was like, would it? Would an employer? Because you know, some people say, well, I like all that. I like doors being held open for me. A lot of people don't like that. If an employer said we are like a, we're a 1970s workplace. So if you like, if you went to work there, yeah. it was on the basis of understanding, and obviously it would go both ways, men and women. So it wouldn't be like the '70s where it was just mainly one way. Yeah. But you just say, if you want to work at this place,
0: how about every? It might be the odd snack on the ass. Like a bank holiday scenario yeah. has a 1970s day, and, <laughs> and you can stay home. Smoke
1: a work day, right? Yeah,
0: you can stay home on that day without yeah. penalisation. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that a word? Penalization. Yeah. Or you can come in for some penalization. <laughs> yeah. no. Um and then if you choose to come in, yeah. you can dress vintage if you want, you can smoke, yeah. you can drink, and you will right. get slapped on the ass.
1: Yeah, male and female though. I think this is right. important, right? Yeah. That yeah. women are good, you're gonna get objectified as a man.
0: You could cosplay, you could come to work as a drag <laughs> king, you could be a man that yeah. day. You could be a woman that day. Yeah. You want to wear a little A-line skirt.
1: There is a part of me that has, has, has always wanted to be like a 1950s secretary. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just like the idea of just having a really sort of simple like job and just bringing people tea
0: I mean it seems okay for a day yeah, yeah, you really get tired of it quite quickly being constantly undermined
1: and, and then it's, it's like if you're in you're in
0: yeah it's consent and there are signs you know when the filming's happening it's like if you walk <laughs> into this venue you'll be filming <laughs> it'll be like just to remind you it's 1970s day Yeah, yeah. your tits you, gonna get grabbed at some point you sweetheart.
1: You can, yeah yeah. there'll be uh, you know get that bollock cleavage out lads Yeah, and no then, one wants to see bollock cleavage that's one of those sure bollocks. I do yeah. it'll be like yeah. the purge yes and then those
0: guys like that is their day
1: that is amazing, and also, you know, the, the great thing about this idea that's definitely not controversial at all is that, is that, um, is that you know, people are only mean on dating apps now. You know, all that, all that office sexual sort of tension and yeah. stuff, and you get Mad Mad Men date, You know, yes, you go back to that. So I think that I don't know how that I don't know how Do we've know helped I, Gareth there. I, I love know. the idea. Okay,
0: Gareth, in your relationship, if you want your, I'm
1: gonna say partner. mad up again. Yeah. Is that okay to say that twice? Right.
0: <laughs>
1: just try again, for God's sake. Or oh, you just could be the like, no sex, unhappy man. Um Or a wank
0: on her when she's asleep.
1: <laughs> that is the that is the gentleman move, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly it's respectful. I can just imagine it with some sort of grim, stoic face where they did it. <laughs> what most people think. Um this guy, this one I I He's about to become a dad for the first time. I don't know his name. Dad for the first time, age thirty six. I was really excited. When I see on the news, kids are going to school without their own toothbrushes, even though you can get a pack of free from Poundland for a pound for a quid is a bit worrying. And then you see kids going to school not toilet trained, not eating breakfast. How much do you think this is like the parents' responsibility, and how much is austerity? Wow, that is. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: So the poorest countries in the world, yeah. babies are potty trained before they're a year old. Do not get me started. On
1: Yay, this is a big Elimination therapy, yeah.
0: communication. Yeah. yeah. So that is, well, there are issues where there's no one at home mm. to look after the kids and they're in daycare because yeah. both parents have to be working or it'll be a single parent household where just mm. economics don't work out for you to stay home and then mm. the daycare doesn't really have time to potty train your child, I guess, or they have westernized views, so they don't... Breakfast, again, I think that has a lot to do with austerity. Some people fully just mm. can't afford to feed their kids right now. Well, it's, it's tricky because I've spoken to a lot of uh, vulnerable mothers who, mm. just for their own sanity, use five pounds, like their last five pounds, to buy a bottle of wine. Because... Yeah. I,
1: it's poverty, an investment, right? Yeah. Well,
0: poverty is a complicated issue you don't always spend that money on exactly the right things because you're so depressed and worried and anxious about it all the
1: time and this is exactly and one of the problems with some of these like nanny state type taxes is they tend to end up going on those simple pleasure things that are and this has been a controversial view before but are those things that sometimes are that little picking up in a week if you're earning like 100 grand a year a little bit of tax goes on a bottle of wine or on a pack of fags or something you're not going to worry about that much that actually Mm. and it should be a sliding scale where like alcohol is cheaper for poor people. I mean, that's, a, it's that's an out- what
0: we actually do in Canada <laughs> with the native population. Really? They don't have to pay uh, tax on cigarettes and they get petrol and alcohol and things. That is our Sweet. apology. No, it actually keeps them in quite a disenfranchised position.
1: Yeah, it's almost like they've had both ends of the bad. It's like, <laughs> you know, the disenfranchised, like taking the land and then, Oh, he is. Who wants to be addicted? Yeah,
0: like sorry for taking the land. Here's some fags.
1: Yeah, weird.
0: But uh,
1: oh, what is his question? Gar- no, he doesn't have a name. He's gonna be a dad. I think, I, in a way, I think he's he's got what he wanted, which was to just get out of his chest. Just get used to it. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna
0: see. There will be. You'll be a good dad
1: because you're thinking about this, right? right? This is the thing, anon. Is that you're gonna be a good dad because you're thinking about this? There will be those parents and stuff like that. But ultimately, being angry with them probably isn't gonna do any good for anybody. So maybe think about the kid. Slip that kid a little brunch bar
0: right yes and when your child gets older you can send them to school with lots of tampons they can be like the tampon kid
1: yeah better and if he's a boy to. he definitely wouldn't get bullied for being called the tampon, tampon kid, kid. <laughs> that wouldn't follow him around at he'll all he'll be
0: a hero because... I mean
1: to be fair Marvel are looking for new superheroes for
0: tampon kid <laughs> <laughs> cannot <Compotant> period <laughs> poverty in all of the schools <laughs> Um, I have a friend who dropped off in Canada yeah. a load of winter jackets for yeah. eight-year-olds because she noticed the other ones in the park don't have, you know. I think we do need to look after each other. It shouldn't always maybe be government regulated.
1: Isn't and isn't that interesting? Because I was just yeah. thinking that, like, sometimes when people talk about food banks, stuff like that, there's no denying, you yeah. know, that yeah. there's the, the certain measure of poverty that's gone up, people need them. But then I think sort of like, like, with, with tax and stuff, isn't it like managing people into good behaviour. When people actually independently make that decision, you know, and I'm not, I'm not going out there saying well, that's the, my approach to think, but I sort of think this is the way. Like some people on the right think, I think the governments are essentially incompetent, right? Mm. And they are, and they should be small and stuff. And you should let people have money, and then eventually people will do the right thing. Now that might be just as deluded to the other side of socialism, but that's one of the strange things I find in the arguments against the right is that they don't think that there's an end game of it that could be positive. You know, so I get my little uh, high horse there. But this is this is my argument for why I'm set up as a company. It's quite a serious one. He has time. Uh, he has moments of despair and stuff. Uh, I don't know if it's workload, family, money, or what. What triggers it? So he's getting kind of depressions coming out of nowhere. Anyhow, my wife insists on me taking St John's Wort and vitamin D to combat it. I think it works, which is why I'm sharing. Okay, so this is positive, Christian. You, something that's worked for you. I would say there's two positives here, right? Is that you're sharing good information. For other people, and that if something as non-kind of medicinal as St. John's Wort, vitamin D are working.
0: I think someone said to his wife at some point, "You'd really cheer up if you got some vitamin D." Yeah, meaning Dick.
1: Oh, right, really. And then thinking? she
0: took that advice literally, <laughs> and is telling her husband you know what really helped me is that vitamin yeah, D just to
1: that D yeah. um,
0: well that's good that that helps depression especially oh, like with men I just I'm happy to mm-hmm. hear Christian men talking about it yeah, because yeah. that is the first step to feeling better isn't it
1: Yes, it is. And I, I think there's this weird moment where sort of saying, oh, it's very taboo to talk about depression. No, I, I just don't think it is anymore. Mm-hmm. I think we all talk about it. Sometimes we could chat up about it, no. arguably, <laughs> you know, but but the, the other side of it, right? And the reason mm-hmm. I mention that is not just to be glib; is that it's sort of working out. I know, I don't know how old Christian is, but I think there's a point in your sort of mid thirties where you kind of work out what your pattern of feeling is. Mm-hmm. And some of it is just, I just got to get on with this. This is like... I can talk about it, And I still do therapy. I still do talking therapies. But I'm also aware that sometimes it's like an economy, innit? You know what I mean? Sometimes you're getting periods of growth. Sometimes you're getting periods of recession. Yeah. But stand back from the graph. How is it overall? You know what I mean? And it's weird to expect. It's a very modern thing to just expect to be all right all the time. Like, I don't think anyone, like, hunkering down in a blitz, blitz shower... Like... You know, this is classic leave though. I've brought up the blitz right at the end. Yeah I, love I it. cannot talk about anything without saying
0: <laughs> there's that blitz mention that we were all waiting
1: for. Is that look it's a well, we did game. all right during the war. Um, <laughs>
0: it's a Jeff Norcott drinking game.
1: Yes. Well look, thank you so much um for coming in. Thank you. I
0: would just say to Christian, I am alright all of the time. Touch wood. I don't have like any yeah. shred of depression or mental yeah. Health issues, and I feel very blessed for that. But I have lots of friends who talk about it a lot. Mm. And my friend Nikki Glaser, I think, has the best advice. She says that your thoughts control your feelings, not the other way around. Yeah. So if you're having depressive thoughts, try to really stop those and distract yourself before it mm. comes to full blown depression.
1: It's almost like a diet, isn't it? If you have a diet, there'll be a period where it'll really work for your body and then your body will sort of go, oh yeah, I see what you're doing here. We're going to go back to normal. So you just... Don't expect that if you have a counselling or a St. John's War or meditation or you've got to keep... Got to keep changing that have a cheat day on a Sunday
0: what be really cheat on your mind de- uh, really depressed <laughs> <laughs> just like have a day what
1: deliberately be depressed and stay and in bed che-
0: every <laughs> Sunday yeah
1: a cheat we've day we solved
0: the world's problems Jack.
1: this is what this is the kind of cheat day <laughs> that I think a lot of Britain could deal with I think that's really good advice I think we've definitely made people happier there and Catherine Roy, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show thank you <laughs> So there is the chat with Catherine Ryan. I hope you enjoyed that. You know, I did too. I know it was a bit loud and a bit chippy iny, And I know that there were a few sound issues. But overall, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you're a Catherine fan and you just came for that, I hope you'll stick around and listen to some of the other ones. And if not, I fare you well and cheers for checking in. Uh, so just before we go, we always um, read out one of the recent reviews. I might read out a couple this time. Because what's happened is, as I mentioned uh, earlier, is that whenever I get any sort of profile, or is that people just go around and just trash my stuff, right? So there's a few one-star review ratings appeared on iTunes. I think this one is one of my favourites. The review is actually titled Breaking New Grounds." So when I first read that, I thought, hey, this guy likes it. No. He's given it one star. and uh, This is from Inet Dave. And Inet Dave says, this podcast is the epitome of the reason there needs to be a zero star rating options on review. He didn't think it was even worth a star. No percent from Dave. Really, Dave? I'm going to throw it out there that Dave, this is my theory, Dave, and I might be wrong, is that you saw it in the news. You didn't really listen to the podcast, but you just thought, how can I piss this guy off? And you sort of did piss me off, but you've also made me laugh in that as ever with people on the left that get triggered, you've sort of overdone it, Dave. Because anyone reading it go, is it a zero podcast? I don't know. Uh, but there were a couple of nice ones as well. This one is from uh, H. Lee, who says, it's very good. I'm, just, I'm not going to do an accent for this. I'm just going to read it in a sort of slightly surprised way. It's very good. Despite the assumption by most that he's a right wing Adder- Adolf Hitler or tiller. He's just a reasonable thinking, straightforward bloke and makes me laugh. That's all I give my was. Oh, this might be Scottish. Because it says here, that's all I give my waz about. Is that, is that Scottish? That's all I give my waz about. Does he make you laugh? Yes, good. I like that. I like straightforward people. We'll read out one more review for here. This might be Scottish as well. Doing well north for the border, mate. You see, broad appeal. This is from Aboin Loon. Oi, Norcott. I've booked tickets for the lemon tree in Aberdeen, so stop bumping your gums. Fuck me. What a great phrase that is. Stop bumping your gums about not getting support in the outposts. Anyone not listening to this podcast, no matter where you are on the political rainbow, is missing a treat. It's a podcast that makes you laugh and think. And ain't that what all the best comedy does? Brilliant. That is a great review. I like it that you've ended a rhetorical question and I, I appreciate it. And like I say, if you want to come along and see what I do live, there's the Edinburgh Run uh, and there's the tour in the autumn. And look, man, thank you for listening. I'm enjoying doing this podcast so much. I hope that you keep coming back. And just one final thank you again to the amazing Catherine Ryan. Cheers for listening. What
0: most people think.